Well, this morning I'm going to speak on the Good Sam Club. <laughs> Anybody know what the Good Sam Club is? It's an RV. Huh? What's that? It's an Altoona, yes. Oh, no, that's Sam's Club. Uh, that, this is a different Sam. Yeah, Good Sam is uh, the RV thing, especially, you know, they specialize in camping and RVs and all those kind of things. You can, uh, uh, if you have a camper, you know, you can insure your camper, you can insure your vehicle, you can insure uh, your life insurance. Uh, you, they, they have, a, I couldn't find the book, but we belong, of course, you know, got to belong to some. So the book's about the catalog for Good Sam. You can buy, it's a store. You know, you get discounts. They have um, give you uh, a, a, an RV parks where they're at, where they're at located. They rate them all. You know, whether it's a, a, a five, one to ten. If it's a five, don't go. <laughs> five is not average. They should go one to five, and five is really one. You know, you know, you, you know. So, anyhow, it has. Um, Lots of benefit things for an RV park, an RV for people who are on the road. Even if you have a, a breakdown, you know, yeah, they'll come and fix it for you. And health issues, you can, uh, if you get sick, they'll come and pick it up and drive it home for you. But these all cost you. Everything has a cost to it. So life membership, you can even get a life membership to this RV club. Well, you may wonder, what on earth is he trying to sell us today? You know, <laughs> there is a roof for 30000 Now he wants to talk about an RV club, you know. But that's not it. <laughs> good Sam Club originated with the Good Samaritan. So the whole concept was uh, a biblical concept that has, of course, led to a multi-million dollar, maybe billion dollar industry that... Um, uh, idea, but whenever I think of the Good Sam Club or the Good Samaritan Club, well, that's what we're going to speak of today, the Good Samaritan. And um, we find that Jesus is a member <laughs> of the Good Samaritan Club. And uh, the Good Samaritan, of course, is the story, uh, and we're going to read through it, of the, the guy who was um, beaten up along the roadside and left for dead. So that's much, much like a hit and, rug, hit and run accident and you have insurance that'll cover it. All right. No, it isn't. But anyhow, it sounds good, right? So they had a, they had a question to Jesus and, and the, the question was, uh, uh, Jesus answered with this story. And he says, there was once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, if you've, if you've ever been on this road, <laughs> uh, we've been on I've, I've had the privilege of being there and of course it's not the path I don't believe that uh, this uh, story takes place on but the the path from Jerusalem to Jericho is a it's a it's a huge descent uh, I don't know how many thousands of feet that you drop in elevation from Jerusalem to Jericho Jericho is almost down to the Dead Sea and Jerusalem is on uh, on the hill it's a hill country so um, the, the roads that are going that way are very, very poor, the ones we traveled anyhow. I remember being in the bus, and we're going up this road, and I asked the driver, I said, is this a two-way road? And he goes, yeah. He says, I said, what do you do if you meet somebody? He says, well, somebody has to back up. 
and you're going around these hairpin turns, you know, and over the edges, thousands of feet down, and there's no guardrail. And I'm sitting in the front, and the front of the bus is going over, over the road. You know, the tires are on the road, and the front end is over the road, you know, and it's like, I don't like this. <laughs> he wanted us to have a feel for what the Jericho Road was. Well, I didn't like the feeling, okay? So anyhow, this guy is traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. And um, on the way, he was attacked by robbers. So in this, in this um, <laughs> blindsided by the, by the robbers, you know, this, this uh, pathway, even though it's a very long pathway, it's a very narrow pathway, it's a very twisting, you know, turn back and forth um, pathway that they're descending, there's a lot of places where robbers would prey upon uh, victims. You know, they would, you know, beat up and rob individuals. So we find that in this understanding of the Good Samaritan, this is uh, one where right beliefs, uh, right practice, and right living <laughs> come, come together. See, you see, the, the idea is uh, we present ourselves to God as a living sacrifice unto God. So how do we know what is the right action? How do we know that somebody's not ripping us off? How do we know that this is a good thing to do? All right? So we, we've come across people. There's always people in need. And, you know, the, Jesus said, the poor you have with you always, meaning that there's always individuals that you can help. And so there are, in, there are perhaps levels of, uh, of uh, ways of intervening for individuals. And there are ministries that specialize in this, you know. Uh, there are ministries that specialize in the homeless or human trafficking or um, children or there's, you know, there's always these different ministries that we can find that people are helping themselves or helping others in. And we find that as in the church, we have a number of things that pull for our attention or pull for our dollars, as in supporting them and helping them. And those are good things. It's just that we can't give to everything, every ministry, and we can't give, but we do give at least 10%. We try to give 10% of what comes in, goes out to taking care of uh, other ministries and outside of the church. So this guy who was beaten up, they took his clothes and uh, they, be they beat him up to the point that they thought he was oh, going to die because it says they left him half dead. So the first, I like this, how this this uh, story begins. Luckily, luckily, when you think luck is on your side, it is. You know, I'm lucky today. Why? Because I'm half dead here and along comes a religious person, a priest. And he was on his way down on the same road, but when he saw him, he kind of went to the other side. You know, I really don't see that guy laying on the road. You know, he's a real disaster. He's a real mess. I don't want to get all messed up. Luckily, the religious man or the Christian is coming and they'll help me. Whenever we talk about our faith, we're talking about it as right beliefs and right practice. That we, our beliefs and our practice come together. We don't have a, in the Sunday school lesson, it called it a barcode religion. You know, the barcode, you scan the code and price comes up. Or if you order something, you need, you know, this, the ingredients of a certain thing. You scan the code and all the ingredients come up. 
Well, Christianity is not like that. They, a God's barcode, you know. Christianity, God scans the barcode. Oh, we need a little faith. Boom. Oh, we have a little righteousness. Boom. We got all that stuff bumped into the cart. And here we are. We got this because we, we believe. Well, the devil believes. <laughs> Hasn't changed him a bit. So belief and practice. Now, this is not about guilt trips. That, you know, every person you see lying along the road, you have to stop and pick them up. You know, if you think, it's just like the guy, uh, one guy who called me years ago, he wanted me to meet him out in the middle of nowhere and give them money. You know, I mean, this was, he, he gave me this long list of turns and twists and whatever, and it was, I was no, someplace I'd never heard of, and he wanted me to come bring him money. And I said, well, you know, I don't think I want to go out there. Well, then he proceeded to tell me what I could do with my money, and he was going to burn my house down and kill my family. So, you know, oh, yeah, sure, I'll come now. <laughs> you know, so there are certain people that we don't, we don't, we need to know and to, to be wise in the whole thing. But here we are, luckily a priest, this religious person who comes along, there was this too holy to stop motor club. <laughs> you know, the too holy to stop motor club. And uh, this is the guy that you don't, you know, you, 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 you would think that the, 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 holy, the holy stop motor club didn't have the too holy to stop motor club. So this guy did not want to get his clothes dirty. He didn't want to be, he was in, he was in a hurry because he probably was returning home from Jerusalem. And, you know, he didn't have time. He had finished his stint at the temple and he was headed home and he didn't need this delay. Luckily, a priest was there. Well, then, <laughs> the religious man, the Levite, the religious man showed up. Well, here is a re- uh, the Levite, and this is a holy order. Now, here we got, these not only are religious people, these are people who are set apart by God to be holy and rich, religious. Some, any takers there? We're holy and religious both at the same time. And we got it all together, and he avoided the injured man. Well, this is the we have a, we have a God in the box religious uh, motor club. <laughs> we have God in a box, and this is what he looks like, and this is how he acts, and this is what he does, and what we do doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> this individual, they specialize in religious rights and privileges. <laughs> you know, we've got the right to God and we've got the privileges of serving God and we don't need to share it with you even if you are beat up and left on the road for dead um, <laughs> if God was you know this is these are the people that would say you know what they deserve to be this way because if they'd been living right God would have stopped it in the first place <laughs> you know that's how some people treat uh, you know was it in uh, some societies they treat um, people as if, well, in India, if they have a whole culture of, like, refugees and, poor and poverty, well, their system believes in reincarnation. And reincarnation is that you are to come back in a higher life form. But if you come back in a lower life form, you're being punished. So all these people in the lower parts of society that are unable to 
be in the upper parts of society. This is exactly where they need to be in their uh, cycle of reincarnation so that they will be, they'll die and come back better off the next time if they live it right. So we don't need to touch them. That's a good way, you know, of shunning your responsibilities to take care of other people. Do you see how unique we are as a nation? You know, there are all these types of religions that have affected the, the, the nations. And the, you know, even in Africa, the tribal, the tribal uh, religions. And, the, uh, and in uh, you know, Central America and South America was the Aztecs. And, you know, not the Aztecs, but the, um, the religions where they sacrificed people. And, and some of those sacrifices that they were killing people you know, on a minute-by-minute minute basis. <laughs> they were just tremendous just slaughter of individuals. And you look at those nations, and you look where else, where, where in the world has there been such a foundation of equality and how that we are blessed and how that we are financial. There's a financial where we can bless and move and create and become, and it all is because of the Christian principles that we live by. And, and the Christian, the idea of a Christian nation. And so, anyhow, we see this taking place, and we are, as it were, good Samaritans. Um, while there was a Samaritan traveling on the road. <laughs> Did you notice? It doesn't say that they were going in the same direction. And it doesn't say that he was a religious man. So, probably, he's going up to Jerusalem. And he comes across this guy. And um, this is the good Sam Club that we are part of. And the membership to this club, and I, I hesitate to call it a club, but the, the good Sam, being the good Samaritan, is that our membership is paid in full by Jesus Christ. <laughs> and that we enter into this club not to be the recipients of but to allow the goodness of God to flow through us to take care of those around us, the needy, the people who are less fortunate, and that we have a responsibility to pray for those in authority over us. So we find ourselves in this place of being thankful at that, to, the, to the point that we can share what we have and pray for those that are in, in charge of us. Now, nowhere in the Bible does it say we have to sell everything we got and give it to somebody. It doesn't say that at all. It says that we are to give of what we have, you know, a portion. It's like the offering that we receive. It's the guy, God has the tithes and the offering. So there's at least 10% plus an offering. So we find it. And why does God have this in mind? He has it in mind so that we would understand the value of what we possess and that what we possess is a gift from God and we're asking God to bless it. And in the same, and in the same token, we are blessing people around us. We're sharing. Well, well, what if you get ripped off? doesn't matter. God, we give it in your name. Bible says if you give a cup of cold water in his name, there's a blessing for it. I give a cup of cold water in God's name and they throw it on the ground. What's, well, that doesn't, that's, I did the right thing. What they did with it is now their responsibility. <laughs> they are going to be accountable to God for that. So therefore, I have a right responsibility. Sometimes we give what we give and people don't appreciate it. You know, okay, that means we stopped giving. <laughs> we gave and, uh, no, it doesn't mean that at all. We give and we got ripped off. Yep, 
<laughs> we need more wisdom, God, you know, help me filter these people out. But the idea is that we have a responsibility to share what we have and to do it wisely. We have a responsibility to share our forgiveness with people who have hurt us. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Pray, and we have a responsibility to forgive people. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our sins, God, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. All we're doing is being reflective of what God has done in our own life. We're reflecting it to others. So the good Sam, the good Samaritan, <laughs> is made up of the unwanted, unappreciated, come from the wrong side of town people. <laughs> For this good Samaritan was from Samaria. And if you were a Samaritan, that meant that in the Jewish, uh, Jewish philosophy, or Jew anyhow, they were considered half-breeds. Half <laughs> they were Jewish people who married Gentile people, and these are their children, and they live over in Samaria. And, Samarit and the Samaritans wouldn't, go through the Jewish land, and the Jewish people would not go through the Samaritan land. They would avoid it like the plague. You just don't go there. And when Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria, that caught the disciples clear, you know, way off guard. You know? But in this story, he is using the most unlikely person to help someone else. To the Jewish mind, this person, we wouldn't want his help. <laughs> we wouldn't want his help. You know, but that's not true. Whenever you find yourself in a place where you're half dead and, you know, your, uh, your prejudices go away, <laughs> your prejudging of what somebody can do takes on a different, uh, different, uh, a different perspective. So when he saw the man's condition, this is, this is the whole idea of the Good Samaritan. When he saw this man's condition, what, did, what happened? He had pity. His heart went out to him. He was moved with compassion. So we find that he was moved by com compassion to do something. That we are moved by, you know, <laughs> the uh, commercials for uh, the Humane Society. You know, they all these. You know, well, they, they're trying to make you know. And again, you feel compassion for the for the animal, uh, and so they want your contribution. And do they need it? Yeah, but. So does St. Jude, and so does Shriners, and so do they have the children and being able to take care of children. And so we have a choice. If we're going to give money, do we give it to the dogs or do we give it to the kids? You know? But the idea is they're trying to pull upon our, our, upon our emotions and compassions. Now, if the only love of, of your life has been a cat or a dog, then you're going to be moved with compassion towards a cat or a dog. But if you find you've been in a, a hospital with children and people that are just great needs, you're going to be moved with compassion towards, towards the children, and rightfully so. And again, we give from where our compassion leads us. We give, us, we give according to what we feel on, on the inside, and so it's important. And that's part of the Good Samaritan that we are, Jesus is trying to present here because there's, a, there's an integration of what we believe in our actions. You know, I believe that God will bless my life. In the same token, I believe that he wants me to pay my tithes. 
because that in the giving we find the receiving of how that God is going to bless. And sometimes when we give the cup of cold water, there doesn't seem to be a blessing, you know, but that doesn't matter. We still did it and God still honors it. So what happened? He gave him first aid. Perhaps it is he stopped the bleeding. He disinfected. He cleansed the wound and bandaged his wounds, protected the wound. So we find how that we are ready to stop the bleeding. We are cleaning the wound. We are protecting the person who is not able to protect themselves. These are works of compassion. These are works that we can do to help. And you know what? Sometimes we're not capable of doing it, but we know somebody who is, and so we put them in contact with them. That's just, that's just, that's even better than trying to fudge your way through it. You know, I know this is going to hurt, but I put a little salt on there. <laughs> yeah, but it's good for you. If it don't hurt, it's not good for you. You know, no, get somebody that knows better than put salt on the wound. So, he lifted him up onto his donkey. <laughs> he put him in a safe place. Now, sometimes taking care of people means that you walk and they ride. <laughs> now, you never give your car to a person. <laughs> you know, well, I believe that God wants me to let them borrow my car and I'll walk. No. <laughs> you can pay for the ride, but don't let them. I just give my car away, you know. You'll be lucky to get it back. So anyhow, that's a different story. Uh, being able to understand what the need is and how to meet the need. Um, I, I think of uh, David in El Salvador. Uh, I, and I know I've said this before, but the, the idea that after one of the hurricanes, uh, the good people of the United States sent them stoves, you know, to help them out. And down in El Salvador, the, stones are out in the, uh, the stoves are out in the woods because they don't have gas, they don't have electricity, and they wouldn't cook in that thing anyhow. How can you put a fire inside that little box, you know? <laughs> so we, it being the good Sam, the good Samaritan, should have checked out the need before we went giving them what we know they need, being able to help them. And so being able to help them shrunk their fireplace down so they don't have to burn as much wood putting fire brick in and put a chimney out the back little things so you see being the good samaritan is sometimes understanding the need before we just simply throw something at it so he gave him uh put him on his donkey led him to an inn and made him comfortable so he's taking care of him here is a person who can't take care of himself so we're taking care of him for him <laughs> we're putting him in a place putting them up for the night being able to do this very same thing now <laughs> steve your illustration from uh, your, the story from a few weeks ago uh, we had a person who came and wanted food and kerosene you know for their the heat so gave steve the money and said okay steve go with them steve never came back until no <laughs> but you know steve took him down to the sheets and was going to fill up their kerosene bottle and and the people at the at sheets says you can't do that that's not a that's not a legitimate container you can't put kerosene in that container and, and the people at sheets says they've been down here five times today <laughs> 
So, not, I don't know if it was five times, but they had been there before. And the idea was, the person said, well, you can just give me the money, we'll get it someplace else. <laughs> we don't want you to buy the kerosene, we want the money. <laughs> so, being the good Samaritan has to be wise enough to know when it's, you know, being ripped off because, you know, so being able to help someone is also being able to understand the situation. Doesn't mean we're gullible. They didn't get the money, no. Steve kept it. No, no, he didn't. He gave it back. <laughs> he went home with the boys and split it, you know. <laughs> but, but we all have these places and people and the needs and, you know, they're presented and it, it's important that we understand them. And, and the guy, this good Samaritan, knew that he was responsible to take care of him and he was moved with compassion. So in the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper saying, uh, take good care of him. If it costs more, put it on my bill. I'll pay you when we get back. <laughs> wow, he took care of him. And doing good is not a guilt trip. You know, well, I got a quota to meet this month. I haven't been good yet, so maybe by the end of the month I'll find somebody. Um, I, was, I always liked the, the, the when back when you picked up hitchhikers. Um, I picked up this guy in Johnstown, drove him up to Richland. He had to get on wherever, and he was going somewhere. And he got out of, um, you, know, he, you know, he was riding with this truck driver, and he had his suitcase and everything that he had was valuable was in the truck it was in the back of the truck in the sleeping camp camper and the guy stopped said this is your exit wake up and get out he jumped out and left his suitcase and all of his money and everything was in his suitcase can you help me no i said yeah so i gave him money about two years later i picked up this guy in johnstown and got in the car and he said well you know i had a crazy thing happen i was riding with this truck driver and my suitcase was in the back. <laughs> he stopped and wanted me out. And I jumped out and left everything valuable in the back of the truck. I says, I picked you up before. He goes, oh, no, no. I never used this story before. It just happened. I didn't give him money that time. All right. So. Uh, but being able to help is really what the compassion. Jesus has come to save us from our sins. Jesus has come to put a new heart, a new character inside of us. God has come to restore us to what we are intended to be, that person, God's hand, God's voice, God's outreach to the people around us. So what would Jesus do? Well, Jesus was, he was very intelligent, and he went to the people who were in need, and the people who were religious didn't like him because they weren't like him. So they didn't like what he did. A good Samaritan is able to sow seed of God's word whenever there's a need. You know, this week, well, I, 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 I have these opportunities because this is the ministry that you allow me to do taking care of people who are in the last stages of their life and um, and this one person uh, uh, that, that I saw recently they were very much afraid that their life was a waste and they weren't going to go to heaven <laughs> and we sit down and we talked about the uh, what God has done for us that he has forgiven us that he 
that he continues to be with us. And, you know, we went through the whole idea of repentance and giving our life to Christ and, and all of that, and, you know, all the, the important things of life. And, they, and, they, and whenever we finished, they said there was, they were so glad that I had come because now they're not afraid of their illness or of dying. So giving of what we have doesn't necessarily mean that we are going to preach at them. We're just going to share what we know. Doesn't mean we're going to throw money at them. It means that we're going to share what we know. And we're, and we're going to share what we have, but not to the extent that I have nothing, unless absolutely God says, David, give it all. You know. But that, that's very seldom does that happen. It's a matter of understanding what God wants to be done in that very same in that, in that very situation, because everyone is different. And if people coming, you know, if, if the, the guy beaten up shows, at the, shows up at the door every week, something's wrong. <laughs> and people, you know, so the idea is how then do we help people take care of themselves so that they don't, aren't in need anymore? And that's what David does in El Salvador, that helping people to create resources so that they can eat every day. You know, so that they are able to take care of themselves and be able to pay for their medical treatment. Because up until this point, no one will medically take care of them because they're poor. But if they have learned how to raise fish and sell it, know how to grow a garden, eat it and sell it, they find a way to are make, making money that they can support a health system, that they can support themselves and that their family, in some situations, this, this, one, this one situation or many situations, that people were living under a tarp. The lady was living under a tarp and she would have to go beg and go to work Find, try and find work like 30 miles away and her child had to stay underneath the tarp so nobody stole what they had. So we find that in our life the good Samaritan is someone who will help them to get beyond the tarp, build them a house. So the, the child can go to school and they can go to work and their whole life is turned around. And inside of us there are these things that we do that are just who we are. These are, we're not, you know, most of the time, I think God pulls on the compassion that's in your heart. See, that's what advertising does. You know, the people who want the Humane Society, they bring up the animals and how neat they are. And it pulls on certain people's hearts. Other people are drawn to children. Other people are drawn to retirement homes. Other people are drawn to the poor. So every one of us has that area of sensitivity. I can't be drawn in all directions. <laughs> That's just not who I am. But the Holy Spirit knows what's in your heart, and the Spirit of truth directs us so we are the good Samaritan to the people around us and to the people in need, and we're the good Samaritan recognizing that we are giving what God has given us, and he's promised they give back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You're not going to be able to outgive God. So what we give, it's kind of like an investment in the kingdom of God because God is going to bless it to those individuals and bless it back into our life. God is a debtor to no man. 
Shall we stand? So God brings the best out of us. <laughs> Do all the good that you can to all the people you can as long as ever you can. <laughs> And that's what we do. Try, and that's where our body of Christ, we as individuals and collectively, doing our part to further the kingdom of God by doing our little piece in his kingdom. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for forgiving us of our sins, for, re for replacing and changing our old nature to having a new nature, a new way of thinking. God, you direct us in our path. You'll direct us in our giving. God, you will direct us with wisdom and understanding. We pray, Lord, that as you said, the steps of the righteous person are ordered by the Lord. God, we pray that you direct us in where we go, what we do, and God, what to give. Whether it's a smile, a handshake, or whatever, God, we know that you will direct us. So bless that we might be blessings, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone who wants to...